to help you. Amen. I'm going to be reading in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 4, verses 6, 7, and 8. For many of you, this will be a very, very familiar passage of Scripture. I'm sure some of you have read it a dozen times, 24 times, maybe even 100 times. A letter that he wrote to the young pastor, Timothy. 2 Timothy, chapter number 4, verse number 6, it is. He's, there we go, right here. It says, for now, excuse me, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. You may be seated. Wow, this is a beautiful exhortation to a young man to endure, in verse number 5, but watch in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Every one of us have some type of ministry in the body of Christ. It may not be a teaching or preaching, but we all have the ministry of prayer, we all have the ministry of worship, we all have the ministry of witnessing, we all have a ministry. Amen. We are to be witnesses and servants of the Most High God. And so, I see this happening more so lately than ever before throughout the apostolic movement. It seems like people start very well. They get off to a good start in the race, they begin to really take off, and it seems like, wow, they are doing so well. they got so much energy. They seem like they're purposed and committed. And then all of a sudden, years later, you hear of this church letting down and going back on some things and becoming liberal. You begin to see it even among you as people that you thought, my goodness, I, I, I'm shocked that they would begin to miss and begin to change and begin to not do the things that the Lord taught them to do. And so tonight I want to leave this thought with you, the last mile. The last mile. Studies have proven that in any trip that you take, the last few miles on your way home are the most dangerous. Because you're weary, you're familiar with the surroundings, you're no longer vigilant, you're no longer sober, you're no longer on guard. More accidents happen within just a few miles of home coming back from a journey than any other time. Sure, there's accidents that happen in other ways on a journey, but more so when people are coming back, they're tired, they've been driving, whatever they were doing, and before you know it, they're not paying attention. They're not paying attention. And so that's what I'm trying to do tonight. It would be a shame. It would be a shame to start this race, to start this course, and to live it a year or live it five years or 10 or 20 or 30. And then your last mile, you become complacent, you become lethargic, you become lukewarm and you begin to say well it really doesn't matter I've done this all this years let somebody else do it and if you're not careful 
you won't finish your course. And Paul was saying to us in our text, the reason he finished his course was because he fought a good fight. You see, you never can stop fighting. Even when it doesn't seem like there's a battle before you, you need to prepare for the battle that's coming. I preached that, I preached that many years ago. And it was tremendous and blessed me and others that heard it. I preached it here. I have preached it in Seattle. And it's important that we understand. Just because a battle is over doesn't mean the one that's coming won't come soon, won't come the next day, won't come within the next few minutes. And if you're not prepared, you're going to be knocked off your feet. Amen. Paul goes on to say, excuse me, I'm sorry, it wasn't Paul. I don't believe it may have been. But over in Acts 20, 24, let's turn there real quick. But none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Neither can I my life dear unto myself, so that uh, I might finish my course with joy. It was the Apostle Paul, just like I had felt. He was saying, none of these things that come upon me have moved me away from my course has caused me to not fight to endure that I might gain that crown. You know, if you're not careful, even blessings can be a stumbling block. A new job can trip you up, and the next thing you know, you're out of church. I feel like I'm going in the pastoral mode here for a moment. Even the person that you're looking maybe to marry, if you're not careful, if it's not the right one, if that person is not sold out, you could be tripped up and lose your soul. Amen. 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 I've come too far to turn back. I've come too far to give up. I've come too far to let down. Some of you have been in church probably longer than I have, but 30 plus years, it, it may even be going on 40 years. I'm telling you, hey, I've endured so much. Why stop preaching it now just because some people don't like it? They didn't like it when I was preaching it 35 years ago. I mean, it really doesn't matter. I'm going to preach the truth. I'm going to fight a good fight. I'm going to go the last mile. I'm going to make heaven my home. Amen. And you continue to pray for me that my voice would hold out. Paul was saying Acts 20, 24, but none of these things move me. They can't sway me. They're not going to give me to get discouraged and give up or, hey, I really don't need that. You don't have to do that anymore. I don't think anything in the scripture says you don't have to do that anymore. I'm going to say this and hopefully you'll, you'll understand and not take it out of context. All right. In the Old Testament, you couldn't eat certain foods. Right. It was an abomination, right? Amen. That's okay for today. If you, if you don't want to eat those foods, you don't have to eat those foods. Amen. But the Bible does say that now I can pray and through prayer sanctify that food right. through prayer and thanksgiving. Right. Amen. And so God has given us ways to help us along Amen. and maybe take out some bumps in the race. Amen. 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 Now some of you may not eat pork or you may not like bacon and that's all right. 
Nothing wrong with that. You shouldn't be condemned if you don't eat it. That's fine. But, but don't judge me if I have some bacon now and then. Because I like it crisp. I don't like, you know, the fat. The fat belongs to the Lord. We're not supposed to eat the fat, you know. Uh-oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm meddling now because some of you, when you eat a steak, you like the fat. Well, the Bible says it's his. He didn't make exceptions for the blood. So you better have your food well cooked. This, this rare stuff, no, 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 no. Bible is very plain. We are not to eat the blood, even in the New Testament. Amen. So cook it. Well done. No, no blood. All right, I don't know why I'm on this and everything. I'm trying to help you go the last mile. I'm trying to help you not to let down. I'm trying to help you to realize he's coming, and he's coming around the corner. I'm telling you right now, the things in our world, the different world powers, what they're doing, it's heating up. Even in our own country, I hate to say it, even... Our political parties can't even get along. I mean, they can't even think what's best for America. They want to fuss and feud and fight. And all along, all we want is unity. If a church doesn't have unity, how can it do anything? If our country doesn't have unity, how can it do anything? Whoever God puts in as the president of the United States, he is the president. Whether we agree or disagree. And we need to pray for them. And I'm covering all kind of stuff tonight. Ooh, hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Amen. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto me. So that I might finish my course with joy. With what? Joy. We've been talking about joy a lot, haven't we? Joy. Joy, kings in the camp, and so forth, so on. You know, it's it's really it it's really hard to get anybody to come to church if you're inviting people and say you really wouldn't want to come to church, would you? Or you begin to say, if you come to our church, you're going to have to just totally change right now. I mean, no, let God do the work. Get them under the presence of the Lord. Believe me, people will begin to want to please God. It's just a matter of time. Let me teach. Let me. We need to love them. We need to love them. But what I'm trying to, I'm going to say this, and it may not apply to any of you here, okay? So don't take it like it does, all right? So if I catch your eye, I'm not saying it's you. But I've been so many places. It's harder and harder now to see any apostolics because they're in disguise. I have flown all over the world, and I used to be able to see several in the airports. Now, I don't see any. I'm thinking, am I the only apostolic here out of thousands of people? That can't be. That can't be. And so, on the other end of the spectrum is this. You have people that looked apart, but they got a frown. They're moody. They're grouchy. They snap. Crackle and pop. Where's their joy? Sounds like they really don't want to live this life. But somebody evidently is twisting their arm. Hey, nobody's twisting my arm. I said nobody's twisting my arm. What I see is hands lifted out towards me and says, 
come. And I said, okay, I'm coming. And I want to come the way you want me to come. Oh, praise the name of the Lord God. The last mile. The last mile. Well, I've lived this way all my life. If it's the right way, keep living it. If it's the wrong way, listen to the word. This worldly saying that old dogs can't learn new tricks, that's a lie. This, this old dog in the Lord can learn from the word of God. And I want God to be able to say, look, I know you've been living this way for 30 years, but hey, you need to change. Yes, sir. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you with me tonight? This last, this is just something I'm just trying to encourage you with. We've been having some tremendous services, and some of you get so despondent, even after a tremendous service, you only got one mile to go. Now, Pastor, you don't know that. You're right. I don't know. But if you look at it like, is that how you take trips? If you've got a thousand-mile trip, you've got to take it one mile at a time. And when you go one mile, you got 999 to go. I always like to look at the mile. Uh, what do they call those things on the highway? Mile markers. Because I already know, you know, if I'm going into another state, and when I go into that state, if it starts with one, then the higher it goes, the closer I'm up to another state. But if I go on it's real high, then it decreases until I get to the next state. And so let's say it's up high. Let's say it's 245. You got 245 miles till you leave Texas. And I start crying. <laughs> I'm serious, I do. I, I, and you go, and then next thing you got 20 miles. And next thing you know, welcome. Uh oh, I got to use this state here, and I don't know where y'all are from. I'm just going to tell you the state that I go into most often. Welcome to Arkansas. I'm thinking, oh, my. I know it's America. I know they speak English. But then on the other hand, when I'm coming home, now listen to me. We're coming home. We're on the road home. And the mile markers are decreasing. And when I, when I, come, when I come through Arkansas, and I'm driving on, let's say, Interstate, 30, and, and I'm driving the speed limit, I'm driving the speed limit, and I'm getting close to Texarkana, I like to text in Arcana, there's just something, listen, there's just something, the closer I get to Texas, the easier the journey is. The closer I get to heaven, there ought not to be anything that discourages me. I got to get to Texarkana. I, if I get to Texarkana, there's a welcome station there where the Long Star flag is. Did you, did you, did you get that? One star, okay. We cannot let down. We cannot compromise. We cannot. 
begin to do things that will hurt our journey. That's why he says, run the race with patience that's set before you. Casting aside every weight and sin that so, what? Did you hear that, sweet pea? It don't matter who we are tonight or how long we've been in church or what we think we are, and it'll never happen to us. The Bible says, run with patience, casting away these things, lest they easily beset us. And if you've been in church any length of time, you see empty seats in here that people used to sit on these seats. You better guard, not, not you know, this is not your seat. But guard it. In other words, if there's an empty seat in here, nobody's sitting in it but me. Nobody's taking my place. They're welcome to come in. We'll put out another chair for them. But they're not taking my place. Oh, hallelujah. I, I done made up my mind. I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to let the last mile syndrome get me in a shipwreck. Man, I'm liking this. Well, thank you, Sister Nancy. I want to I want to read 1 Corinthians. We're going to skip around a little bit because it just came to my heart. 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27. This is what I cannot, cannot, must not allow happen to me. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. Right. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Why is it so many times we're fighting and we don't know what we're fighting? You know what you're fighting. Well, I don't know. You know, it's depression or anger. No, it isn't. You're fighting spirits. You're fighting your carnality. You know that. You know who your enemy is. Don't fight uncertainly and beat against the air. Be sure you hit the target. If it's your carnality, put it under you. Put it in subjection. Is this the enemy? Bind him in the name of Jesus. You've got the authority over both. You don't have to pray for authority over your own flesh. You got it. You don't have to pray for power over the enemy. You've been given it. Amen. Amen. We need to exercise it. That's right. Amen. Praise the Lord. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Whew, yes. That's the apostle Paul we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. See, even the apostle Paul had that in his mind that I'm preaching the gospel. I've got an abundance of revelation. I cannot become a castaway the last mile. I can't have a shipwreck here. Even though he was on many shipwrecks, he wasn't talking about that kind of shipwreck. He was talking about missing the mark. Not fighting the good fight. Not enduring to the end. And all of you know this. But it's good for us to hear it again. We've had such tremendous services. Tonight was tremendous worship. This is a tremendous teaching because it's pertinent. It's timely. We are in the race for our lives. Quit looking and seeing how fast somebody else is running or where they're at in the race because, hey, it doesn't matter where you're at. Just finish. You're going to get a prize too. It's not to the swift. 
The battle's not to the strong. Even our Lord Jesus Christ understood what I'm preaching tonight. In his humanity, when he started his ministry, wow, it was like, man, there was really no persecution. They wanted him to come to the wedding of Canaan. People wanted him around until he started revealing who he was and started doing his miracles, and then it progressively got a little harder. Right? But it didn't get the toughest until the last mile. I want to read a scripture. His whole mindset, which has to be my mindset, is found in John 4, 34. This has got to be my heartbeat. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Finish God's work, whatever it is. That is my substance. That's my living. That's why I exist. No matter what's going on, I have got to finish the work that God has called me to do. We see this happening when it was his time to depart. He was under heaviness. He was really burdened. And so he went to the garden, did he not? He had that inner circle come with him. Nobody prayed with him. It's like sometimes you come to the altar and nobody gathers around you. And so you say, well, nobody loves me. I wonder how Jesus felt the last mile of his life. This was the last mile of his life and he knew it. And it was hard because he said, Father, remove this cup from me. He could have called a legion of angels and they would have carried him that last mile. But he said, nevertheless, thy will be done. But still this last mile, this last mile of his journey on earth, it was the toughest. So listen to me carefully. As we get closer to the coming of the Lord, it's not going to get easier for you. It's going to get harder. Trials are going to increase. Persecution is going to increase. We are going to be hated of all men for his name's sake. There will be others of Christendom that want us to compromise and begin to just join with everything and everyone. We are not going to do that in the name of Jesus. We're going to stand on the word of God. I'm telling you, we have got to get so together and so in unity that when things come, we'll pray together and stay together. And to show you that it was his heartbeat, he allowed sinners, such a contradiction of sinners against himself, he allowed them to spit at him, mock him, buffet him, whip him, put a crown of thorns upon him, and then crucify him, him carrying his own cross to Golgotha. And on that, on that hill, when he got to the place of his departure, he said, It is finished and gave up the ghost. Oh, Lord God of heaven, 
if you give me an opportunity of my last breath, not only do I want to praise you because that's been my prayer for a long, long time. God, can I say, it is finished. Can I be like the Apostle Paul? I have kept the faith. I have fought a good fight. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness that fadeth not away. Do you understand how important it is to get in your heart right now? I'm not being tripped. I'm not going to let the preaching discourage me, but in fact, it's going to encourage me and strengthen me. No matter how fiery it is, no matter what comes, no matter how it begins to convict me, no matter Pastor White looks me in the eye, God, bring it, bring it hot, bring it straight. Bring it to me. I've got to be saved. It is the only foundation that can be laid, is it not? Isn't Jesus Christ the chief cornerstone? Is he not the word? Remember we've been teaching and preaching about that. He is the manifested word. We need the word more than ever right now. More than ever, we need the Word of God. And we need to rightly divide it. And we need to stand on it. We know there are no loopholes. Quit looking for them. There are no loopholes. God didn't put that in there. I don't even think He put loop. So we got to hold on. The last smile. The last smile. The last smile. He even warned us. There'll be two in the field, one taking, one left. Two at the meal, one grinding, one taking, one left. Two in the bed, one taking, one left. Five virgins, make it five virgins. They were virgins. But five make it and five don't. He said, only a remnant. It doesn't mean that only a small percentage of one local assembly. What it means is, a certain percentage of all his people will make it. We cannot judge ourselves among ourselves. We cannot look at another church. Oh, they're growing. They're doing. No, sir. We got to look at what God is doing here and how he's preaching here and say, listen, I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned. When you plan your trip, you work it all out. Is that right? You work it all, you get your snacks, you get your water, you know, you program it in your GPS. We used to have maps. You program it all in, you sure you got a full tank of gas, you know, and you take your journey. How come we're not doing the same thing here? The Bible says work out your own. Your own. Not... Not the person sitting next to you. Your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Finish it. To the end. Be sure you're saved. If you haven't prayed lately, if you haven't, you need to. God, examine me. If there be any evil way in me, God, reveal it so that I can get right with you. And if he doesn't, pray it again. 
Oh, hallelujah. It's important. I can't stress enough. It's so important. Twenty years in December here, my wife and I and daughter, and we've seen so many precious people come and they were so on fire and now they're gone. Back in the world. Their lives are shipwreck. I don't want to see anymore. In the name of Jesus, I don't want to see anymore. I want to see others come and get what we've gotten and backsliders to be restored and try again and We've got to make it. We have got to make it. I've got to make it. Above all else, I've got to be saved. Pastor, don't you get tired sometime? Well, sure. Don't you get tired of the fight? Absolutely. But I'd rather be alive fighting than dead in hell. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think I'll close with this particular scripture. In Galatians 5, 7 through 9, another familiar passage. Most of this is very familiar to all of you. There's no revelation here. There's no enlightenment here. It's just encouragement, admonishment, exhortation for us to buckle down. And you have been. You have been. Our worship, our prayers have been so like it's supposed to be. And we are not satisfied. We need to keep going. I said we need to keep going. We don't need to regress. We need to progress. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so here is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Galatia. And he was puzzled. He was puzzled here. Who hath? Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Go ahead. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. Uh-huh. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Oh, wow. I tell you, a little leaveneth, leaveneth the whole lump. A little false doctrine, it's all wrong. One word out of place, it's a lie. Think about what I'm saying tonight. I believe it's in the same book where he said to these Precious saints of the Lord, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Who's put a spell on you with their swell speaking and their charisma? Telling you how great their life is. I'm going to tell you right now, when a person backslides initially, their life is going to be easy. They will feel peace because they won't be in the battle no more. But sooner or later, their life is going to fall apart. Dead fish float downstream. Downstream, excuse me. Only live fish can go upstream. I'm swimming up. I'm swimming up. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Put your hands together. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Who wants to make heaven? Who wants to make heaven? Who's going to endure with me? If you are, come up here and begin to praise God. Begin to thank God. Ask Him to help us. Ask Him to really get a hold of us. Find your place somewhere. And begin to say, God, help me be saved. God, don't 
Don't let me get tripped up. Come on. 